guess what? My world is like blasted open yet again. What happened? Coffee seltzer. Yeah. I didn't know about this. How come you know? I didn't know I needed to tell you. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So we're, anyway, we're back. I wanted to kick off, if I, if I may. Yes, kick it off. Um, with some barnyard news. Okay. And, you know, usually we report on the mighty, but I wanted to report on the humble. Right. So Barnyard News is where we talk about animals inside the barnyard and outside the barnyard. So basically yeah. animals. This animal, this is an animal that I thought was absolutely everywhere on earth. And it, and it isn't. And now it's showing up in new places and wreaking havoc. It is the earthworm. <gasps> what? I assume that earthworms are everywhere. Yeah, I thought so too. Now I'm no, surprised. They like roaches. They follow humanity. So um, we have transported earthworms all over the world, and we're still doing it. And right now, are we, we not just, supposed to do this? We don't. We don't do it on purpose. But they come in the soles of our shoes when we send soil from one place to another. When we're doing farming, when we, you know, wait, transport livestock. Wait, and a fully intact worm alive can make it on the sole of our shoe somewhere else. They, that's what they're saying. That? It's a hiking boot. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I don't know. Maybe it's a baby worm. I don't know. All right. You, some people have enormous treads in their shoes. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm pontificating. But so now we have taken earthworms that usually travel around five to 10 meters a year. Um, but on the shoe and in soil, you know, they can go miles and miles in a short amount of time. We're taking them to the Arctic. Oh my God! And they're they're starting to make the soil fertile, almost too fertile, and they think it's going to exacerbate climate change. Wait, so if they're making the soil fertile, how? Because it, mm -hmm. it's aerating the soil, and it's yes. You know, so what? Apparently, in the Arctic, it's too cold. The soil is really dense and hard, and so there's the nutrients don't break up in the same way that they would in warmer climates. Mm -hmm. And that lack of nutrients makes it difficult for the plants to grow. And when plants do grow, they're, you know, they're small. Mm -hmm. They're really short. They have a short growth season. Enter the earthworm on the sole of a shoe or as bait that oh. someone has bought or with livestock or with soil, you okay. know, plants. Um, and they are eating up everything and casting off and their waste and their, and their bodies fertilize, make the soil fertile. So they aerate it. Uh, they're calling them geoengineers. Okay. Basically. So they unlock nitrogen in the soil, which is an important component in the plant growth. Okay. So there's three kinds of worms. There's worms that make go vertical and there's worms that are horizontal burrowers. And then there are some that don't do shit. <laughs> so, so the last group, the epic, Epigeic worms don't do anything. I wonder what's going on in their worm brains. Like, I'll only go vertical or I'll only go horizontal. I, I don't know. I, I think they're probably just like, uh, go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to go. So when they change the, the composition of the soil and they make it more fertile, you have more plant life. 
and that makes the surface darker and that increases. Um, so less light is being reflected, more heat is trapped. And it's like a, a feedback loop of warming. Mm-hmm. So the warmer it gets, the better the plants grow. Okay. And then it gets warmer and then the plants grow more. So plant growth helps to warm up the area. And it makes sense because they just want to live, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And they got all that sunshine there. They've yeah, they're not this... just dark colors for nothing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're not just being cute out there. Yeah. So basically, and that, I thought this was really interesting, in the northern forests of Canada and the what is now Canada and the U.S., there 12,000 years ago, there weren't any earthworms. But Europeans brought them over. Uh, in the ballast of ships and on imported plants. Well, there you go. 12,000 years ago. Yeah. And they changed the ecosystem by converting the, the litter, the leaf litter and things like that into good soil. Um, and it changes the relationship between fungus and plants. It changes the pH of the soil and it leads to overall biodiversity. So as we've talked about before with taking things into outer space, and seeing if they can survive. Maybe some earthworms. We threw down some earthworms. Right. On Mars? If they could survive, little earthworms, maybe NASA could make some little suits for them. <gasps> oh, that would be kind of cute. That's like, could be a whole new series. Earthworms in space. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. So they looked at areas in the Arctic where there are indigenous people. Um, and... They think that the first time that the earthworms got into the Arctic was around 1850 when people came and started farming. And in the areas where people farm, because earthworms don't move that far in the Arctic. Yeah. Like I said, five to 10 meters a year. Um, so from the time when people were farming or you know having reindeer or whatever, the earthworms would stay, start out where the humans are and spread out from there. Oh, okay. So you can tell where the settlements were if you dig in the ground and you see a lot of earthworms, you know the humans were there. Isn't that something that's like, don't you feel great as a human being? Like where I am, earthworms follow. Yeah, well, we need them, right? (laughs) Yeah, I know. But still, it's just like, you know, earthworms will gravitate to you. It's like, here comes a worm because, you know. I think they're gravitating towards us because we move faster than they do. I, I am really affected by worms for some reason. Whenever I see a worm, I always move it to the side. Yeah. I, I pick them up. I've never been squeamish about them. I've never been able to use them for fishing because it makes me sad. Yeah. I think these little MFs are working on something. Well, <laughs> how about the, when it rains a lot and all the worms come to Oh, surface? it makes me so sad. I'm like, oh my God, they were drowning. I can't even go out. I'm like walking. It takes me, you know, 20 minutes to get down the block because I'm looking to make sure I don't step on a worm. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm walking with a stick because I'm flicking them off to the side. Um, so according to the scientists who are researching this, geoengineering earthworms have established themselves in North America, Greenland, Iceland, Fenoscandia, which is all the Scandinavian countries in Russia. And scientists warned that the earthworms, quote unquote, may pose a potent threat to some of the most remote and protected Arctic environments in Northern Europe. And they called for immediate action mm-hmm. to stop these worms uh, from, from arriving because once they get there, it's impossible to eradicate them once they've colonized. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can't. You can't get rid of worms. You can't worms. get rid of worms. Oh my that's God. It. Right. They're, they're there forever. And you don't know how deep they've gone. Yep. Man. Um, 
It says earthworms increase plant nitrogen concentration more than three times as much as the three percent uh, is a three Celsius increase in summer temperatures. Um, they cause an increase in plant greenness. I didn't know greenness was a word. But sure, why not? Yeah, that appeared similar to the increase caused by the three um, degrees Celsius temperature rise. And the researchers said they were, quote unquote, super surprised. Super surprised? <laughs> super surprised. They were mad surprised. Yeah, they couldn't have been more surprised. They couldn't have been happened. more surprised. So this is one of those things that's interesting to me because there's nothing we can do about this. I don't know if this is, it, it seems like it's a bad thing for us, but maybe it's not a bad thing for nature. Maybe this is how it goes. Species do find ways of going from one place to another. I, I would like to think that if they weren't transported now by us, they would have gotten transported somehow. Right, like it's inevitable. It's yeah, just they're the plants. Yeah, and the plants changing. It's just changing. But everything will adapt to everything else. The only things that can't really adapt are are us. Yeah, we can't. We can't take radical temperature changes. No. Um, they're they're probably will follow these worms and see what happens. But it's going to make areas that have been um frozen solid and have not had a lot of vegetation have more vegetation and when there's vegetation more animals will come so as long as we can stay away from these areas maybe it can be a haven for animals right just thousands right. of years from now so, because it's not it hasn't been we haven't destroyed these areas yet so like sustainability the catchphrase can be follow the worm yeah or don't yeah leave them let the worm you know let the worm do its thing. So yeah, it says the age of extinction, aliens to watch, the, how the humble earthworm is altering the Arctic. Mm. We're not in control, I guess, is the, the moral of this story. Yeah. I, yeah, we are not in control, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh. They also said, and this was weird, um, we have trapped, the average person traffics like one or two seeds on their shoes no matter where you go. Every so people time. are accidentally bringing seeds into the Arctic on the soles of their shoes. And now there are dandelions. Oh no. Well, the thing is like seeds, like every time you go somewhere, like when I, yeah, hmm. there are little seeds, like you're walking on the ground, you know, you're always anywhere. moving a seed. Oh God. You're always moving. <laughs> you're moving a seed. <laughs> And, you know, so, ma so many seeds in nature use animals to move around. Why not us? Exactly. Exactly. You know, You're right. They're, they're doing what they have to do uh, to get from point A to point B. Yeah. It's, and if they can survive in the Arctic, then who's to say that they shouldn't be there? Yeah, let them roam. Let them, let them go. Where they're going to. This, this call to eradicate them, like, good luck with that, dude. <laughs> good, good luck getting every last worm. In the Arctic. Yeah, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. Too late. It's, yeah, it's too late. The only problem is, is that you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was fine before. Oh, God. All right. So, yeah. Barnyard News, the earthworm, it's out, baby. It's out there. <laughs> it's, making it's making changes. I, I'm not a, a Christian, but I do like the phrase, the meek will inherit the earth. And I think that's what this is talking about. Yeah, I think so. I think this is something that you just got to let it, you're going to have to let it roll. Yeah. Or crawl. Because there's not even anything up there that's going to eat these guys yet. Yeah, right. No birds. 
No, not really. Not a ton of fishing. I'm sure something will show up, though. Right. What likes a worm? They're like, who who bought a robin up here? <laughs> oh my God. How did it even survive? Uh, right. Okay. So I have a thing how the pandemic threatens how we naturally grow and benefit from relationships. Oh, I know. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on with relationships. This is whether some of our friendships will survive is up in the air. Because what we have, our brains have established methods for recognizing people as close friends or acquaintances. Okay. So the closest ties are built on substantial investment of time and trust. Both are rich, uh, both of which are challenged by the current pandemic. So you can't spend as much time and you don't have these opportunities to like build trust. Like, are you going to watch my purse when I go to the bathroom? The answer is yes, but we don't know. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so here we are social bonds. Like talking about what one thing that I found interesting, there are seven, seven pillars of friendship. Oh, thank God, a list. Like, yeah, and so <laughs> there's an so there's an organization of our cognitive social networks, but um, it says seven pillars of friendship, and I was like, "What are they? What?" So trust, uh, good hair. <laughs> Go ahead. What else? I would say um, <laughs> mutual interest and sense of humor. Uh-huh. That's four things, right? Trust, good hair, mutual sense of humor. Um, Style. Style, sure. Um, Scent. Okay, good. Because you can't can't be around someone if you think that they reek. Yeah. I mean, mean, if if you personally are offended by their smell. Right. And I think the last one might be like just X Factor. X Factor. That special, like that jazzy... Yeah, because sometimes you, you know, people that we've known for a long time, people are like, how did you guys met? So we met in the class, but like, there were a lot of people in that class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just a class of t- you and me and the two or three other people that we keep in touch with. Right. Like, there were other people in there and maybe they just sat too far away from us. No, we all sat around a table. I mean, like, there was <laughs> equal opportunity for everybody to bond. Some people, I can't even remember their faces. I know I looked at them every every Saturday morning for three hours for like a year. Yeah. And yeah, I don't even know their name. I think the I woman's name began with a P. I don't know. You know, it's like yeah. she had hair and, and eyes. And the one guy told the tuna fish story. Yeah, you know, that but, guy. Yeah. He but, had brown hair. That's all I know. Yeah. But the rest, yeah, it's that. Ex- it's like what makes you stand out. But hey, here are the seven pillars of friendship. Ready? Okay. Sorry. Language and dialect. Number one, you have to basically be able to communicate. Well, yeah. <laughs> Place of origin. Really? I New Jersey. Yeah, uh, yeah, but um, if you're not from New Jersey, don't even try to be my friend. Don't come knocking. Yeah. Are you? Are you only people from Maryland? You're like right. people from Maryland. Feel free, Delaware. Don't. Yeah. Well, it could be something like, did you grow up in the Hamptons versus <laughs> the streets of of New York City? You know what I mean? Like those are two really. Way I grew, but I grew up in a cornfield, and none of my friends did. Yeah, because you have this educational path, ah, hobbies and interests. Okay, worldview. Okay, and then musical taste slash sense of humor. Okay, so all of these things, you know, there you have to find some commonality within these pillars in order for you it's to be subjective, friends. though, because if you, some of my friends have brought me around 
to their musical tastes. Because well, I've been willing to try it because I'm like, oh, well, she likes it or he likes it. Yeah. Let but, me check it out. But you, oh, I like, you know. Yeah. But you, the thing is that you have, you have a, a curiosity or I have a curiosity about music. You can't just be satisfied with like, you know, banging a triangle or something or... <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know, the greatest song of all time is Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. You know, you can't yeah, believe yeah. that. Yeah, if yeah. I believe that and I only listen to, you know, classic rock and get the yeah. lead out, you know, we probably if that was my outlook about that, that's a different story. That's true. Although I have had deadhead friends. That's OK. I mean, but that's even I had a friend who listened to fish. <laughs> I don't think we're friends anymore, though. So that maybe it goes along with what you said. Anyway, yeah. moot point. Yeah. So the thing is, it's like, so these pillars identify what community you belong to and the community whose mores and behavior you understand in a very intuitive way. Mm -hmm. These commonalities enable relationships to flow since parties would better understand each other, share similar interests and have a sense of how much they can trust one another. So with all of these, um, uh, let's see, there is also the emotional and physical closeness. Okay. So if you don't already have that established, it's really hard. Or if it's like kind of lukewarm or whatever, it can be hard to continue it on. Um, so you need spatial proximity and feeling close by emotional proximity. And that's my at, for, at first. Yeah. I think you yeah. need to see the person regularly, like with any relationship. Yeah. So like, the, so if we're, you're already bonded, if you've already yeah. had time spent together, you're, you're then you can here. peace out. Yeah, you can not see each other for a while. Yeah. So like during the pandemic, if you're not actually seeing each other, you can still be connected and, and it's still the, it's still the same thing. But if so, um, yeah, so these are different. This is a really interesting article because it goes so on. Are people going to lose? Are you saying that people are going to lose their... So if you were starting to become friends with someone, you had a strong a person who was a strong acquaintance and a candidate for friendness, so mm -hmm. friendness, what friendness. Am I for friendship, <laughs> I like, it's like greenness yeah. uh, for friendship, th this you're losing that now. Yeah, yeah, it may not survive if you don't yeah. look at it. If you're not like, hey, let's have a Zoom um, yeah. call every other week or something. So you're, if you don't do that with someone who is is new or is a good candidate, Mm -hmm. And you, you might lose them, but you might not, you may like resume your friendship, you know, after the pandemic or something. You can well, that makes sense because the few, a couple of friends of mine who I lived with when I was younger, we're still very close. Like my college roommate, mm -hmm. for example, and we don't, we rarely ever see each other. But when we do, we see each other. It's like no time passed because we spent, you know, months breathing each other's air. Yeah. You know, yeah. Living in a, in a very confined space and having a very particular experience. Yeah. So that can survive. But if, if, if you don't get to that point before the separation happens, then the friendship is going to suffer. Right. And it's also trust, you know, you have to be able yeah. to trust each other. Um, uh, when those who are threatened by internal stressors or external threats, Relationships are at risk to decline in emotional strength and major upheavals, and they ultimately break down. And they say, in light of social distancing, quarantining, and lockdowns imposed by COVID-19, they anticipate a few likely effects, which is the weakening of friendships that could make for awkward reunions. <laughs> yeah. An increased effort to contact old friends after lockdowns, because mm -hmm. you're like, really, how many people, like I've had like a, influx of people in the beginning especially 
old friends like how are you you okay coming out of nowhere yeah. i haven't really had that but you know me i cut motherfuckers i mean i like i, <laughs> I know what you mean but... i clean house and everyone who i'm in contact with now these are my friends yeah yeah and, you know we don't see each other that much anyway so it, we've basically moved from either phone or text to zoom yeah no <laughs> but it's somebody that you like in the past you know that you haven't talked to in a while like you'll check in it doesn't mean that you're talking to them all the time but no, I, yeah, you know, I, I dodge those people like the matrix. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that has happened in the, the fear of getting the virus reduce how some people and mm-hmm. mostly introverts and the psych psychologically more cautious, they visit place where they would encounter people they don't know. So if you are just like fine and dandy staying home and you're an introvert, then you're really not going to go anywhere. Um, yeah. Unless for some people, I've I've heard them say for people who are extreme introverts, it's been a relief. Yeah, for them. Yeah, um, especially those for whom their jobs bring them in contact with a lot of people. That's just a, a feature of the job. Mm-hmm. They've been spared that, and some people uh, have not had to go through the discomfort of telling people they're not coming to their party. Yeah, and not having any excuse. Yeah, I wonder what it'll be like once this is over. I've gotten pretty comfortable being just here with myself and my, my husband and mm-hmm. my dog. I, I wonder if I'll be annoyed, not with people I know, but I wonder if I'll just be annoyed in general once things return or start to return to normal. And it just seems like there's just people everywhere. Yeah. It- and there's obligations, right? Right. That you're outside of work and, and things I just want to do myself. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't really tell anybody you want to stay home. Yeah. And then go to their party. It's like, really, you've been home for a year. Yeah, you you, you haven't been out in nine months. But they say, you like, can't come to a cocktail party. Yeah. So you focus more on close relationships and, you know, reach out to people and you just have to spend the time just keeping up with your friendships because, number one, everybody needs that emotional bonding. Even if you do it over the phone, the text, a Zoom, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Got to keep up the friendships. And yeah. remind- I mean, there's no reason not to. Yeah. Right. If there's, there's, you're not risking anything by doing a Zoom. Yeah. Or texting. Yeah. So you remind your loved ones, I'm still here and I'm still thinking of you. And that's really what it is, you know. Um, you know, and also then you have to do things like you have to also take care of yourself by doing things to release endorphins. So mm-hmm. you have to laugh and sing and dance, you know, and, usually like storytelling, eating and drinking are activities that do that for you. And you usually do those things when you're with other people. Mm-hmm. So it's, the, yeah, the singing thing is huge. I even have been singing, um, you know, my usual Joni Mitchell yeah. Indigo Girls <laughs> type fair. And I found that it cheered me up. It reminded me of times when I was happy and the singing itself was fun. Yeah. Oh, and you know what, listeners and Jaquetta, this is a great thing to do. Join Marie's group on Facebook. Marie's, there is a piano bar. From Marie's Crisis. For Marie, called Marie's Crisis in New York City. And it basically, they, they it's a, it was a piano bar and it plays, someone plays the piano and everyone stands around singing show tunes. It's awesome. I didn't know it was on Facebook. Oh yeah. They have a group called Marie's Group and you have to, they, they have to let you into it, of course. But yeah. you can, there's different pianists or singers or performers that, that sing show tunes for you and you can log in. You can do it by Instagram. You can do it by Facebook 
and you can sing along with them and you can practice your harmonies. You can enjoy that kind you know, of, I'm going to put the link and I'm going to put the link in the yeah. show notes. So if it, those of you who are receiving this through, um, iTunes, I don't know if links are clickable. I don't think they are, but if you go to, Hey, you know, com, Yeah. Um, any links that we mention, they will be there. Yeah. You can, you can message them and ask them to play certain songs that you like. Um, it's basically musical theater. It's not like pop songs or anything. And you sing along. And I tell you what, like on a Tuesday, a glass of wine in hand, singing a few fun songs, it just- oh, master of the house. Yeah, it will change your mood. And, you know, and yeah. it's, a, it's a good time. I, I highly recommend that. And then if you're doing it and enjoy it, then you tip those people virtually through Venmo. Yeah. And those performers- Everybody pay- raise a glass, raise it up the master's ass. I remember that. Yeah. And, and so this also helps. I mean, you can, you can listen all you want, but it, it would be nice to like tip them if you possibly can. Cause yeah, I think people are more comfortable with that now yeah. um, and realize that it's, it's the right thing to do. I remember when I was 19, I moved to Seattle by myself and I was broke and, but I had a record player. Yeah. And I used to go get records of musicals and sing along with them. That was my entertainment. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's great. So fun. I can sing all of how to succeed in business <laughs> without trying. Also little shop of horrors. Um, of course, Les Mis and Phantom of the Opera and a couple others back and forth and back and forth. And years later, I'd never seen uh, How to Succeed in Business. Yeah. And I actually went to see it like a couple of years ago. And I was like, oh, wow, that all makes sense now. I know. It's, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I was just singing the songs. I'd never even thought, you know, Well, it, never even really thought about it. Yeah, I mean, but these songs are great. There is a great one that Tuesday, uh, I think it starts at 7.30, Franca Versaloni, she's the, I think she was the first female pianist there. Wow. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. But she's so, so each funny. performer has a, has a slot, right? They it's... each have a slot and they do, okay. they have one or two slots a week and they play and you can just kind of listen to the difference who, who you like the best or, you know, try them all. Um, yeah. And you can make the request. You can tip them. Um, but and that's can... your favorite one. Yeah. That's my favorite. Okay. And um, can you make requests? Yeah. Cause if you're on Instagram or Facebook, you just make a request right there and she'll read it and she'll either try to get, or the, whoever will you go to, they'll try to get to it or they'll do it the next week or something. If it's, awesome. do you it. have a favorite show tune? I do. I love the little shop of horrors. I do too. I, really I do. love that entire, again, I can sing it. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I will sing along with that. Um, yeah, it just makes me feel better. I think that's probably one of the most feel good things that I've done for myself during the pandemic singing by myself. I'm kicking myself for not getting the cast recording of the bridges of Madison County. Why are you um, kicking yourself? I'm being facetious. It was terrible. Oh, God. oh I, I was like, <laughs> no, I saw the musical, the bridges of Madison County. It's the first time I've ever seen a musical where not a single toe tapper. Oh no. In the songs. And I'm not a I'm not a fan of musicals, but I will go see them if I suspect they might be bad, oh, or if they're just super fun and over the top, oh, like yeah. Little Shop of Horrors or Spam a Lot. Oh, I love it! I, I love the off Broadway musicals. Um, oh, like me too. The Toxic Avenger was made into a musical. I saw that. That was amazing. Um, yeah, n- nobody. I just want to put it out there: if you have the opportunity to see Bridges of Madison County musical, don't. Don't. 
That's the only Do one not. to say no. Don't even watch a video of it. Don't listen to <laughs> the music. Just do not. Okay. Um, All right. Yeah. So I have something here. We've talked about, this is kind of barnyard news, but this animal, it's, it's, it's extinct for sure, but they're always trying to bring it back. Always trying to bring back the woolly mammoth. Oh, right. As a, that's the go-to prehistoric animal. Everyone wants yeah. to. Like, it's, it's the well, holy grail of, you know, resurrecting an animal. You want to, yeah, bring back a species from another time. It's the woolly it's, mammoth. It's the woolly mammoth. So I hope, I know they've been collecting DNA from different, uh, you know, the remains that they find in different parts of the world, but they have to be careful because they found the last woolly mammoths. They were sequestered on an Arctic Ocean island, and they suffered from genetic defects caused by inbreeding. And the result of it may have been that they had no sense of smell. That's nasty. They couldn't get it up. Oh. <laughs> Ew. They're nasty. Inbreeding, can't smell anything, so they yes, don't shower. And they ate a lot of flowers, so being able to smell was important. Oh my God. Apparently they loved the daisy, but couldn't find it. Apparently they couldn't see flowers either because if there's anything in nature that's easier to spot, it's a flower. That's really the point of the thing. They can't really see it. They can't smell it, but they want to eat it. Yeah. So they were unable to forage. They couldn't get it up. And if they did, the sperm just swam in the other direction. And, and, and it was inbreeding. So it was like, they have a breakfast. Yes. Oh, three tusks or none you know i used to think of them as a mighty beast now they were until you know they learned this the last population that makes sense we the um, humans couldn't get to it to decimate it um so scientists said on friday that the genome of one of the last mammoths of wrangle island off the coast of siberia was riddled with mutations Mm -hmm. running all through it um, they resurre- they resurrected genes from the mammoth in the library because they can't help themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to find out, you know, what killed the species. So they went extinct about 10,000 years ago during climate warming and, and widespread hunting. But some populations survived for a couple of thousand years. And then the last woolly mammoth died 4,000 years ago. So these last woolly mammoth bones that they're finding and the DNA that they're harvesting if they try to put this thing together, it could be effed. You're not going to get what you think. You think you're going to get like a strapping a mammoth that's just on point. Yeah. You know, has has a quick retort for everything and is witty, yeah. strong, and a good provider. No. You're not going to. You're going to get a slack-jawed cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going to be pretty. And you want that roaming the earth? Yeah, for looking for not, not really even roaming, just like milling. Milling around. Usually mammoths, we think of them as a stampede. This guy, you'll be lucky if you get a mill out of him. <laughs> <laughs> just a mince would be, you know. Oh, that's too much. A mammoth is not going to mince. Yeah, only that won't. would be an upgrade. Um, it says the, the woolly mammoth about the size of today's elephants possessing long brown fur and immense tusks. They appeared 700,000 years ago. And then the last one bit it about 4,000 years ago. Uh, One of the scientists said, it is indeed a sad thing. 
Mammoths were, this is the worst eulogy ever. Mammoths were literally huge and globally distributed. And this massive range was reduced to a tiny island in the Arctic Ocean before extinction. It should be a warning about the consequences of climate change. Yeah. Not entirely sure how. It's a warning of not sleeping with your relatives repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I think the warning is. Um, you know, the warning is travel. Right? <laughs> like, get out there. Meet different mammoths from other areas yeah, please mix the pool up everybody else's has a little yeah. higher standard yeah get out there so they activated the genes using um a cell culture to test whether they are functional or not and luckily in this case these genes were not functional if they were ever functional why would you be trying to reanimate these yeah <laughs> faulty genes um, but I didn't know that they ate a lot of flowers. I find that that's a kind of sweet, a, a sweet, and it's an it's opposite of the way we think of them. Yeah, like how how much trampling did they really do? Yeah. if they were like fucking flowers. Yeah, like they were rough and tumble. That's what I thought they were, but they're not. No, they're gentle. Uh, now I'm picturing like, one oh. with like a daisy um, kind of wreath <laughs> or, uh, or like a crown on the head. Like oh. I'm picturing one just presenting me with a bouquet oh but then eating it yeah i'm <laughs> giving you the stems yeah <laughs> giving me the stems before milling off slowly into the distance looking for a sister oh yeah <laughs> exactly and it's also his aunt all right what do you have you're listening to hey you know it with jaquetta Sotmari and katie casimir we're telling you how it is and how it should be all right. I, I one thing I really have to thank. What is who's younger than the millennials? Is it the Gen what is Z? Oh no, Y. Gen y. y. Okay, yeah. so some Gen Y taught me at work. Like you know what? You could put really. You can make a coffee drink out of anything. Like she said, are they that broke? No, no. Just saying. Like you okay. want that protein drink in the morning, but you also want your coffee. Okay. Put it together. Put your put your coffee in the protein powder and some veg some leaves in it you don't do that already no well i'm saying like that this generation y taught me that right okay so i never really before that i never really i was like drink my coffee or drink an iced coffee you know maybe have a frappuccino and that was it and i did have no imagination i thought god this opens up a whole new world to me guess what my world is like blasted open yet again what happened coffee seltzer yeah I didn't know about this. How come you know? I didn't know I needed to tell you. I know. I, I feel like you are in an expert and your knowledge is always evolving around coffee delivery systems, as you say. Yeah. Well, well, caffeine delivery systems. That's for sure. I know yeah. about gummies. I know about caffeine. The pills, the, the powders, powders, powders the, the shakes. The sh yeah. But the coffee itself, I did not even think to make a seltzer out of it. Like have a, a seltzer and then put an espresso. How was Sparkling it? Coffee. No, I'm just reading about it. The whole okay. summer has gone by. It's been hot. It's not too late. And I did not know that I could do this. So you mix some kind of coffee with some kind of sparkling drink. It's delicious, they say. Um, you can even get this at high-end coffee shops. That It's trending now. I, 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 you know, baristas love to experiment. Maybe not right now, but. Yeah. Um, so you can even put some vanilla syrup, syrup. You can even put some vanilla syrup 
and San Pellegrino sparkling water and ice. And I was just like, I can't even. I feel like one of my friend's grandmothers from the Lower East Side was drinking this back in the day. And it's like, oh, really? They're, they just discovered this? Yeah, this is, this is how... Every generation thinks they discover coffee seltzer. <laughs> it's been around forever. And the Hellfire Club. You guys invented that too. It's some mocha powder in it. They put any, and it's all working out well for everyone. And I didn't know. Is this because I was all by myself? I, I don't know. Because I, I, I work in New York City. But it's, it, I think it's your, the kind of the same issue that you have with a robot that it does one thing. Yeah. Instead of having a robot do multiple things. I've, I've been using, I make shakes sometime in the morning with a little bit of hemp milk, uh -huh. um, banana, protein powder, yep. and espresso and some ice. Yeah, exactly. And it's lovely. You know, yeah. yeah. So I'm just saying seltzer as part, and, part and of the espresso. whole field. Didn't know, never thought of it. And, I, you know, time is going by and I have hey, not had it. Yeah. Hey, you know it now, you know. Yeah. I guess so. The coffee. All right. All right. Um, and I just realized I when I listen to this, I'm going to hear myself say coffee, and it's going to sound strange to me because I didn't grow up saying it like that, I'm sure. Like what? Say you live in New York for too long. You say coffee. Yeah. And I've also worked at the Board of Ed. It's like, forget it. Forget I don't it. Have a, my accent doesn't have a chance. Um, you got to add the W in there. Yeah. And so I we haven't reported... And a little while on our boy Elon Musk for our segment. Musk you? Musk you really? Musk you. Musk you really. Yes. How, I wonder how he's doing with this pandemic and a new well, child. Oh. And up, I don't think he knows the pandemic is going on because he's so deep into his business. He is doing a demo actually uh, on the 28th or 29th of August on the Neuralink, which we've talked about, the neural implants. Oh, Okay. So the neural link was founded with a single purpose. It says to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence. So it's the BCI brain computer interface. And he is working on a robot that will surgically implant this and all the necessary components into your brain so that your brain can directly uh, talk to a computer. Mm -hmm. I was doing that before with my using a keyboard and yeah, with, you know, I, don't, yeah I don't need it to get up close and personal. That's out. We're doing it the old way. It's like the way you were doing your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's out. Um, so Neuralink's BCI, the brain computer interface, it's totally invasive. It, it is implanted in the skull and the wires are inserted directly into the brain. Yeah. No. What? Yeah, you couldn't even say no thanks. It's too late. <laughs> they have built arrays of small flexible electrode threads with as many as 3,072 electrodes per array distributed in 96 threads. And they have a neurosurgical robot capable of inserting six threads per minute into your brain. Who wants this? You know who wants this. The singularity people. And the transhumanists, the people who are excited about merging uh, their bodies with robots and minds with robots. Uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not either. But certainly they are free to do what they want with their brain. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not messing with my brain. It already has, has done enough damage. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
yeah, you know, it, so it's Easter not all be... like Jamie Summers and Steve Austin, you know, it, Elon Musk. Yeah. So they're going to, each thread can be inserted into the brain with micron precision. Um, and they're going to target specific brain regions. And the electrode array is packaged into an implantable device that has custom chips for low power onboard amplification and digitization. A single USB cable <laughs> provides full bandwidth streaming data. Yes, a USB cord. Nope. in your head <laughs> to keep the thing charged i can barely keep my phone charged right if you have to power your brain with a use uh mm-hmm. usb so musk stated that the device will be able to solve quote unquote brain and nervous system and mental conditions he's claimed that success it'll successfully treat everything from strokes to alzheimer's and even made dubious claims that it could eliminate uh, autistic spectrum disorder Okay. I, I think this is a very bad idea. I think it's a bad idea. And I think there are other ways to mitigate uh, these conditions or issues, or you can call them however you want to call them, um, than implanting something in the brain when we don't know how the brain works. Right. We don't know what causes someone to be on the autistic spectrum. Also, we don't know if that's a problem. Yeah. Right. We don't know what causes you know people to have depression and anxiety. Um, we have an idea of how to, to work with those things, how to mitigate them. But I don't, I don't know if it's a really good idea to try to deal with my anxiety with this, um, this kind of implant. Yeah. I think I should learn to chill out. Before implanting things. Yeah. And change things in my environment. Also, we're living in a world where there's no reason for people to, to not be anxious right now. Right. It's, it's a good response. It's letting you know that there's yes. something wrong with your environment when you have a big reaction. Yeah. Um, um, I, it, the, the thing with Alzheimer's and strokes, I, I don't know. I feel like we need to know really what the causes of those things are. As far as I know, we don't really understand Alzheimer's. Um, so I don't know if without understanding it, you should start messing with it. Yeah, no kidding. And, and also it's too, it's like, are you going to create bigger problems? Yes. Alzheimer's is terrible, but I am, there are things that could be worse. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. If you start messing with it without knowing what you're doing. Without knowing what's going well, on. Yeah. But something just dawned on me. Um, Steve Austin, astronaut, man, barely alive. We can rebuild him. So he gets one bionic eye, one original eye. Yeah. Can you imagine what kind of headaches and migraines he must have gotten from one eye seen super far and the other one just like, yeah, you know, 20 feet in front of I him? mean, try, try, you know, walking around with a patch, eye patch on one day and see what happens to your other eye. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. it's not pretty. Oh my God. If you've ever had to wear one before, you know, for medical reasons. The headaches, just trying to adjust that all the time. And then one eye just like doing whatever it's going to do. Oh, no, thanks. No, thank so, you. for him. the... The other part of this is that this isn't just for people who have issues, mental health issues and brain disorders. It's also for people who want the non-medical benefits that include things like unlocking and opening doors with your mind. Oh. And sending and receiving text messages as thoughts. These are two things I haven't had a problem with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still using a key. I'm in the last century. 
Yeah. I know a lot of people have, you know, you can get keypads or swipe in or fobs. Yeah. I don't even have that. And yet I've always been able to get in and out of doors. Right. No problem. And nobody needs to be able to think a text and have it sent before you can look at it again. I make too many mistakes sending texts now with my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't need to fire off. What if I accidentally say, you know, I wish everyone would just go kick rocks. Yeah, right. So fuck, I just send everyone a message to kick rocks. Yeah. Like everyone in my contacts. Well, like why? Like I just, it was a fleeting thought. It was a mind yeah. text. And they're going to be like, well, is that what you really felt? That's like, I guess I did. Guess you know, I didn't have to know. Kick it. rocks. Don't kick rocks. Yeah, kick rocks. <laughs> so they also are hoping that, well, first of all, they're going to be gathering a lot of data about the brain, but... Um, maybe also telepathy no again because you have to be able to censor yourself before you hit send on telepathy this is some gen x bs of too many of people of our generation watching cartoons yeah and science fiction stuff and and being inspired in a in the wrong way right yeah like i i remember watching you know science fiction and fantasy and thinking wow they're solving social issues yeah this is right. yeah all these problems that you're thinking of and without yeah. thinking about any of the side effects we still cannot you know what what can we look into the brain and see why some people are racist and really cleave to that yeah. that's what i'm interested in that that would be something that would help me <laughs> right right it's um, that other that int- that introspection that each the work every yes. person has to do that nobody wants to do but we have nobody to do. wants to do it's not solved with with a chip in the brain but now they want to be able to unlock their car door with their mind yeah how far how close do I need to be to it to open the door with my mind exactly am I can I be in uh, Queens and open the door here in the Bronx oh. What a nightmare. Because if that's a possibility, I might as well just put all my stuff out on the street. Because, yeah, if you just imagine that, then it's done. <laughs> yes. So talk about And I can't, I don't know about you, but I can't control my thoughts all the time. I can't. No, I cannot. Sometimes I have racing thoughts or irrational thoughts. Oh, my you God. Know. I know. And that, then what? Right. Or you just have a moment. Yeah, fueled by emotion. Yeah. Where you, it's something. Thing, you know your car door is open. <laughs> People are kicking rocks at your request. You've sent in, um, you know, a resignation. <laughs> right. Yeah, people are kicking rocks. Yeah. You're so like, what are you beast. doing? Like you told us to. Yeah, what to tell beast. us to go kick rocks. So broken toes. Five broken toes later. Here we are. So the picture that they have of it is frightening. It's a, it's a shaved head, right? It's a, the person it looks like a person with alopecia it's a very bad drawing right and then behind the ear and i guess it's inside we're seeing inside the the head there's like something the size of um like a golf ball implanted and then all of these wires going up from it with little chips attached to your brain it is the worst scientific uh not gra- graphic i've ever seen for something that's so complicated, yeah. they couldn't get like an artist to do a nice rendering of this thing. It looks like Elon Musk just quickly on the back of an envelope just did just did this this head and then showed. It's like the, an error, like here brain interface goes here, 
just an arrow pointing to the brain. You know what would be great? Like if Elon Musk could put us on a creative project for him and we could figure something out, you know, he could put us on retainer. So Elon Musk, if you hear us, why don't you just send a donation to us and we'll take it as a retainer to work on a creative project for you. Hey, you know it at gmail.com on the website, there's a PayPal button, Elon, click it. Click it. Yeah. Put some, some uh, sweet coin in there. And yeah. then, um, or it, just do it and just let us continue this podcast. I think that would be good. I feel like Elon Musk already has this in his head right now. He seems like that kind of person who would be like, mm, no, we'll just do it with me first. Yeah. Because a little bit foolhardy, but also he seems like the kind of person who wouldn't want to ask someone to do something that he wouldn't do. Right, right. Yeah. He totally is that kind of guy. Yeah. He's like, no, He's like I'll, I'll, I'll be the guinea pig. You know? I do this. Yeah, take those prisoners back. I'll do this. Yeah. But Elon, no, we need you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it's too late. It's in. I put it in in the bathroom. Yeah. Before I came out here, could someone just trim these wires? I couldn't get the ones in the back. He's just got like a shaved part of his head. He's like, ah, it's here. You know? <laughs> it's done. I just opened up my Tesla in the parking lot mm-hmm. and played my hit single. I know. Remember when we had the time before the pandemic to like argue about pumpkin spice and what it means and stuff. Um, But (laughs) the luxury. Yeah. So um, everyone said, oh, it begins earlier every year. And this year it began super early. I already saw some pumpkin spice mess out there. Yeah. It's because it started on August 27th. Why? Because, well, there are people, do you know that the diehard fans, they, retur- they refer to it as PSL, pumpkin spice latte. Oh my goodness. I thought it was pumpkin spice life with a Y. <laughs> no. So it started, they're, they're rolling it out super early. Um, it's not warm. No, but people I, it's, I, I don't feel fall. I think people just want to rush out of the summer of COVID. And it's just going to be the fall of COVID. Yeah, but people want things that are giving them comfort. That are comfortable, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, and especially since people are working from home, they're just like, you know, I just want to grab my drink and be happy at home. And Are they going to wear like little gloves and cup their little hands around their little pumpkin spice latte in a cup? At home, sure. Why not? Yeah, like blow on it, like really precious oh by the way i just want you to know that like the holiday buying season like gift buying season is gonna start way early it's starting in in october why because i'm not celebrating anything because you're well get ready for the sales and the promotions to start in the beginning of october because amazon is starting amazon prime day instead of having it doing like their middle of the summer just like one sale they're kicking off the holiday season with it in I've October. never, I've never participated in, in Amazon. I only buy things on Amazon if I need something. I've never been prompted by Amazon. Yeah, well, I'm um, just saying, and they're because they're a big force in people buying things. Um, yeah. Everybody, oh, so watch your favorite stores start their um, holiday uh, promos early this year. Wow, I'm, I'm also, I have to say, for me. The biggest competitor for me of Amazon is actually eBay. I buy so many things used mm-hmm. or not, but pre-owned as well. Pre-owned. Yes. I like that. I just bought it because it is getting cooler 
and I am, you know, a woman of a certain age. So I have settled into my style. And so now I'm at the point where the jeans I like can only be found with resellers. Oh no. <laughs> I've been buying the same pair of jeans from Madewell, which is a company that is, you know, current, right? It's contemporary. They're making new stuff all the time. They're not making my jean. And every couple of months I go on eBay and I find them from someone. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So their current collection is competing with their past collection for me. Well, those throwback styles coming back yeah. at you. It's exactly the same pair too, every time <laughs> with the same fake uh, mending. Oh, really? The same, yeah, the same uneven, supposedly uneven natural hem. Yep. Okay, distressed hem. Yeah, distressed hem. Um, so pumpkin spices, are, do you like pumpkin spice? Um, not, I, I'm not like I have to have it. I'll have one once in a while, but I usually go like very, usually have um, like something chocolatey or whatever, or pepperminty. And I go for mm -hmm. that. But there was, when we were in the office last year, there were, uh, um, a couple of us every so often would be like, okay, who's going to bring, who's going to get the pumpkin spice lattes for us this morning? And we it's take tyranny. Turns. No, we take turns buying them for each other. Yeah, I I don't know if I've ever had a pumpkin spice latte. I've had spice stuff. I've had pumpkin flavor. Um, yeah, I usually flavor my drinks, my coffee drinks, with a Bailey's. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's my yeah. that's my pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, but they say that, like Irish spice latte. You know, even though there were weak earnings for these for all the the coffee chains, um, especially when people were not in the office. But now, with people working from home, you know, there's a shift in time, so people are like buying these drinks all day now because whenever the, whatever in the locations, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I did notice that when I went to the city, though, that the bizarre spectacle of everything is closed down, but the, you know, the Starbucks or the whatever uh, places were like, well, order online and pick it up. Uh, no, I, I will pick up my coffee from my kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> like where I'm making it. Yeah, I know. Ugh. I can't justify going out right now to buy coffee. Yeah. Um, it seems frivolous to me on, on many levels economically but also uh, you know i'll go to the supermarket because i need food but i'm not you know getting my nails done i'm not buying i'm not going out to buy coffee and candy and this kind of stuff yeah i'm just doing the essentials i don't blame you thank you for listening to hey you know it stay in touch with us during the week follow us on twitter follow us on tumblr Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show, regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us, because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks.